Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Shop Talk. Shop Talk is a podcast where we go to work on ourselves. You know, when we have a vehicle breakdown or need to work on anything else, we take it to the shop. So naturally, when we want to get better, we take ourselves to the shop. I'm joined today by Cindy Benfield. But first, I want to talk about Run to Gun. Uh, ultimately, it's a, it's a wellness, overall holistic wellness company. If you visit it, run to gun, the number two, run to gun.com, uh, you'll see on his shop page, there's a lot of different events going on. There's different supplement things too, but what we want to focus on today is the events. Um, here at the end of the month, uh, April 30th and May 1st, there's Elevate Your Life and Elevate Your Hunter programs. It's a three to four hour intensive just boot camp where there's some teach you how to do fitness, um, teach you some nutrition things. Ultimately, build relationship, though, um, is going to be the, the major selling point. It's an opportunity to build relationship, and he's going to give some food or have some food to, to feed us during the, the event. It's going to be a great time. So check that out, Elevate Your Hunter and Elevate Your Life events going on the April 30th and May 1st. Um, also, go ahead and get signed up while you're there for the Archery Challenge in Canton on June 5th. And the exciting one is our collaborative Seeker Summit event. It's going to be a men's retreat out in the hills. Uh, Jordan and I have been working really hard on it. It's going to be a great time, um, all designed around building relationship and helping create a community of, of men to just support one another. So go ahead and check those out at run2gun.com. So as I mentioned, I'm joined today by Cindy Benfield. Um, and Cindy and I worked together for a couple of years. And we've just kind of grown and had this great relationship where uh, I wouldn't say that we're much alike, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Cindy, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks. Yeah, I would say there's some key differences there, aren't there? Um, well, thanks for having me. Um, let's see. I was, for um, the better part of a decade, a nursing home administrator in Colorado and New Mexico. And um, Loved it, loved people, loved leadership, and um, working with the Good Samaritan Society and having um, a huge faith concept in my work every day was, was a big bonus, and um, just really learned and grew and developed. Um, but as I was um, doing that job, I realized the things that I loved were the people, and, and more specifically, the staff. Um, I liked my residents but I loved my staff. So I felt like a little bit of a fraud and I always wanted to do more for my staff. I wanted to do um, engagement things and I wanted to develop them, but there was never enough time because the business aspects came into play, right? And, and those were the things that I didn't love as much as, as far as budgeting, data, that kind of stuff. That's your alley. Um, so when a position came available up here in uh, Sioux Falls to do some leadership consulting and um, just kind of engagement work, um, we made a leap and, and came up here. And so we've been up here for two years now. Awesome. So I want to touch on something you just said, uh, when you're talking about felt like a fraud, can you explain that a little bit more? Yes. Yeah. So when you work in, um, healthcare specifically, when you are close to the bedside of the patient and you ask folks, so why do you work in healthcare? What do you want? You know, they'll say, oh my gosh, the patients. I love my patients. You know, I, if, if the patients weren't here, this would be you know, a terrible job. 
Um, and again, I liked my patients. Um, and in fact, to this day, I'm still in contact with a few of them. Actually, um, I get emails and uh, Facebook messages from some of my residents. So, so I, I liked them. I, you know, I, we had good relationships, but I loved my staff and um, everything I did was for my staff. Now, knowing that in leadership, right, like we get results through our people. And so I knew that if I bolstered my staff, they would treat the residents better. Um, And that's ultimately the goal. But I felt like a fraud because every, every time we were around anybody, everybody was gushing over the residents. And I was like, no, we're missing the mark. I love the staff. Yeah. So, and I think you touched on a powerful thing there. Um, and it's not even just healthcare industry, but, you know, as leaders, when we treat our people better, they go and do better work. Um, you know, and that's everywhere from, you know, the military to assisted living to, I mean, yeah. Working on a manufacturing, manufacturing line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. So, We've kind of alluded a couple of times to, you know, you and I are, are quite a bit different. Um, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we went through uh, and analyzed my big five assessment with, with Max. And that was a little bit revealing uh, and maybe explaining a little bit, but at least gives self-awareness. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy about Cindy is that she's basically... I don't really have a better way of saying it than just infectiously positive. Uh, she was, she was a person who would just walk up and smile for no reason. And you kind of get that, that very analytical person who's like, what are you smiling about Cindy? So that's kind of how our relationship uh, blossomed a little bit, but Cindy, how do you do that? How do you become that infectiously positive person? Mm. I have, I've just been cracking up as you've been talking about that because, um, man, when I first got here and, and I, I mean, gosh, what's there not to smile about? What's, you know what I mean? That it's like, to me, gosh, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad. Like there's so many things to celebrate day in and day out. Um, and I'm often, I'm smiling more than I'm not, but but when I smile, I'm, hey, I'm happy to see you. I'm glad you're here. Um, and when I first started working here and you would just kind of like raise an eyebrow at me, like, why are you smiling so much? And I'm, I feel like Elf, right? I'm smiling. Smiling's my favorite. I just like to smile. Um, I, don't, I don't know how I, I, I am this way. I just know that um, it just feels right. You know, it's, there's so many terrible things in the world. I don't, I'm not naive to um, all of the terrible things that go on in the world and the injustices and the tragedies and and the things of that nature. But um, I just feel like there's also so much good and I'd rather focus on the good in the time I have on this earth than the bad, I guess. So you said two things in there and, and that really stuck out to me is, you know, what is there not smile about, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, that what, what other choice do, what other choice would I prefer? Why would I, why would I, if I had the choice to mm-hmm. choose to be happier or choose to be, you know, 
Scrooge, why, why would I choose to be that? Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of brings on to the second point is, you know, you said at the end there, rather than focus on all the bad things, I choose to focus on the good things. So what are some of those ways that you really reinforce your, your ability to make that choice? You know, when faced with, with frustrations or when faced with, with different Mm -hmm. issues or, or, or things that, you know, difficulties, how do you find yourself making that choice to be positive all the time? I, one of the um, biggest examples that I can share is uh, when my dad died. So uh, my dad got stage four lung cancer diagnosed when I was 28 years old. Um, So you know, I mean, young, he was, uh, he was 58. And so, you know, really given a death sentence with stage four lung cancer. And um, I had young babies who faced growing up, not knowing their grandpa. And, you know, I mean, tragic. There's, you know, no other way to say it. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible thing. And so many people are touched by cancer and other tragic diseases and things that are going on in the world right now. And um, so he died 13 months after his diagnosis. And um, we, you know, walked by his side during that. And we, we were there as he crossed over and opened his eyes in Jesus' presence. And um, I honestly went through a period of time where um, I started having panic attacks. And there was really no trigger. I mean, I would just be sitting in my office and I would have a panic attack. And um you know, I mean, gosh, the grief of just crying. Uh, my family had some dynamics, stuff kind of fell apart there. So it, it didn't even feel like I had a family anymore. It was just awful, all around awful. And um, I was at work, uh, and this was back when I was working in the nursing home. And I was at work, and I was out on the floor with the staff and trying to help where I could. And sometimes that just meant passing room trays, right? That was all I was, you know, really certified to do. And um, walked into a room of a male resident who was visiting uh, with his family and his dementia had progressed. And, um, you know, he was, he was just sitting there, you know, and I mean, I, sitting there existing, you know, I mean, he, he was very flat affect, you know, he, he had some, some of his lunch, you know, on his face, um, wasn't able to interact with his family uh, looking at the pictures on his bedside table, he, he was half of the man, you know, at that point that he had been in his younger years and something clicked in my head. And, and I said, oh, at least I didn't have to see my dad go through that. And um, it was just so powerful in that choice of, yes, it's awful. I, every day I wish my dad was here with me. I, I, I would give anything that he didn't have to die for, with cancer but I'm also equally true grateful that I don't have to watch him waste away to a different illness or to being an old man. Um, he was a strong, you know, war hero type, you know, my dad, I think I shared with you was a drill sergeant in the army. He was in the army for over 20 years and, um, you know, there was nothing he couldn't do. And he was this hero to me. Um, I didn't have to watch him wither away as an, as an older man and, and lose himself to a different horrible illness like dementia. So it's the choice of saying, I'm glad that, you know, he left when he was still young and strong. And I will always have a picture of him being my hero. 
Yeah. Well, and I actually, you know, in, in preparation for, for this conversation, I put a post out on our Facebook page um, and asked, you know, how do you deal with frustration? Um, and, you know, we got a, quite a few uh, responses to that. And one of the people that uh, commented on there said, you know, looking at life from a perspective that you're suffering is something that you've chosen helps you that isn't something that you've chosen helps you to accept your situation and focus more on the path forward rather than being frustrated about it. Right. Really reframing that, that situation in, in your mind. So you've mentioned that you do a lot of, of leadership development and coaching and things, mentoring and things like that. So how do you, do you have skills that you teach that help, clients to to do that refocusing to to tact tactically change that state of mind and and find ways to refocus on the positive versus the negative or does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah and you really put me on the spot because no i don't um (laughs) i should right i should come up with some way to get them to do that but i i find that uh you know i mean really listening to people because again, um, our emotions are real and valid, you know, just because something more awful is happening to somebody else, right? Or, you know, we we joke around all the time about, gosh, first world problems, or, you know what I mean? Like, it's, there are worse places in the world, right? And and I get that a whole lot. Um, But that doesn't make your feelings any less valid. And so I think in in one space, just having that person who listens, Um, you know, they're not trying to solve it. You know, I just need you to listen and hear me. Um, or if they're open, just sharing your experience and saying, you know, this is how I, I'm reframing things, you know, finding that equally true existence that, that helped me focus on, on the more sunny side. Yeah. And I think you, you know, you hit it, hit it right on the head too, is to find, find that person who's willing to, to listen and, and care, you know, to be, to be empathetic versus sympathetic, right? So mm. if you, if you ever gotten into any Brene Brown's work, you know, she talks about empathic responses and stuff where rarely does, rarely does an empathetic response start with at least, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where we look at and say, now not, not to say that our own self, self-talk or whatever. And, and to reframe that as like, at least I'm, at least I'm not going through this, but when finding that person to, to help us through it for that person to listen and not try and fix. And that's something that, that a lot of men, I know I deal with struggle with. I mean, we're in a setting that was specifically designed. The whole concept of this show is let's fix it, but sometimes you can't fix it. Sometimes you just have to listen and be right. And it's not a silence is okay. You know, silence is just, I I hear you, you know, is, is okay in that situation versus, well, at least, you know, at least it wasn't this because that may ease the discomfort in my part, but that didn't make you feel any better. You know, or like I said, first world problems, it doesn't make you feel any better to know that, you know, and, and finding that empathy and, and truly understanding what it is. You know, when it comes to to us as, and our self-talk, when we don't have that person, then obviously, yes, to be able to, it helps us reframe it to say, 
well, let's, let's look at this. You know, it could be worse. At least it's not this, you know, yeah. whatever. But, but when we come to find that person, that mentor, that, that coach or, or that shoulder to lean on, that's not the, that's not the time. And especially if you're that person, it's not the time to say, well, at least this or right. right. It's to listen and care. Yeah. Well, and I would, I would say it's rarely, if never, the other person's job to say, at least you have to come to that yourself. You have to decide that this reality is equally as true as this reality. And I'm okay with that. Um, because oftentimes, gosh, when other people are kind of feeding you that stuff, um, it's disingenuous. It's, you know, rude, right? Like your dad didn't just die. Mine, you know what I mean? Mine did. So, um, I think that it's, it really is. It's that empathy and I'm, I'm here to listen, you know, and you just keep talking and it's not at least it's I'm, I'm here for you. Well, and, and, you know, you touched on something else there too, is that it's, it doesn't matter what I say, the choice to reframe a situation and be positive. It has to be an intrinsic, intrinsic change, right? Right. Nothing that I say will affect the way you see anything. Right. It, it, the only thing it can do is convince you to make that change yourself. Mm-hmm. So it still ultimately comes down to an intrinsic factor of I'm going to do this. So mm-hmm. all it does with me trying to fix that situation is run the risk of creating a bigger hurt than was already there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Drawing a wedge maybe, right? Like, yeah. He said he understood, but he really did not. And so now I've got this in my head that, okay, like I can't go to, can't go to Jared this time because last time it did not work. Right. I mean, and that's, that could be in the, you know, in context of this positivity, that could be just in a work situation that could be in, mm-hmm. you know, and just passing mm-hmm. that being able to, to understand that, that, that isn't what's required of me as the, as the listener um, because it actually runs the risk of hurting our relationship more than, than helping it. Right. So I want to go back to uh, you said uh, you said one of the things that now and having a little bit of background knowledge um, you really cared for your staff when you worked at the Good Samaritan Society as, as that administrator, right? You were focused on your I staff. Tried. Well, yeah, I tried. That was my intent. It was your passion. Yeah. One of the one of the tools that I believe uh, the Good Samaritan Society at one point used was the the Clifton Strengths Finder or, or Gallup's mm-hmm. Strengths Finder, or whatever. Um, you now I've I've done that as I've done that assessment as well. Um, but you had said that you don't know you don't know why you're this positive. You just are. Mm-hmm. In your knowledge of those Clifton strengths, is there anything in those that would lead you to believe that um, this is just who you are? This is this is yeah. really evidenced. Yeah, I, uh, it's evidenced by um, number one positivity on the Clifton Strengths Finder. Um, so yeah, my top five. Um, are really all in the domains of influencing and relationship building. So, and then gosh, even if you go over to Myers-Briggs, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big feeler, um, extroverted feeler. 
Um, you know, if you look at my Hogan assessment, I mean, really, truly, it just, it's really off the charts, interpersonal sensitivity. Um, so all about people in, in my heart. And so, yeah, number one is uh, positivity. Number two is winning others over. So that really helps to flavor my positivity, right? Because a lot of what I'm trying to do is gain your trust and um, help help you live a great life too without winning others over. And then number three is competition. So sometimes I turn it into a game. Like when Jared would refuse to smile back at me for an entire year, I was like, I'm going to win him over. He will be my friend. And look at us now. We, we are friends. We're buddies. <laughs> I do. Cindy gave me a card like three weeks after we started because uh, Cindy became that person maybe by accident that I just kind of needed that person to listen to. And she did. And I mean, it was a point where I kind of, I broke down in tears or whatever. And I mean, we went way off of the, what the original conversation was. And and that's a topic for a different, different day. But one of the things that Cindy did was there was a, a card waiting for me on my, on my desk that next day. And I still have that card um, at my desk at, you know, my current desk now that I've left working with you directly, but it's things like that, that, like you said, that competition of, I'm, I'm going to do this. This is going to, this is going to get him. This is going to build that trust. And this is what's going to help build bridge that gap. So, (laughs) and some of the, if I look at my top five, uh, my top five are analytical activator ideation, strategic and command. Now, I don't know what grouping those go into, but I would definitely guess they're not quite as relationship buildy as as yours. No, I think you live in the strategy domain. <laughs> Probably. And that, like we said earlier, that's that's kind of where our strengths lie. Well, obviously by the inherent name of it, that's where our strengths lie. Mm-hmm. But you know, as I talked about last week with self-awareness, that that's where like these assessments build self-awareness. So I know that, okay, strategy is my strong suit, but I know I have one of my core values is building relationships, but that's an area where I need to grow in. So even though it's uncomfortable to see Cindy smile at me every day and want to just not make her smile, um, that is an area that I needed to be stretched and grow in because that's a way that's, that's how my values, my core values are being fulfilled or gets to the point where I can. Right. I love, I love strengths in that, um, you know, just because you might live in, in one domain, um, it doesn't mean that you're not able to do the things that are in the other domains. It's just that you, you use it differently. Um, you know, and, and I was working with the team uh, today, actually, and, and shared, you know, I, I was a fairly successful uh, nursing home administrator. We met or exceeded our budget every year. You know, we were um, always under state and federal averages for deficiencies. And, um, you know, the business side of stuff that I didn't love, I found a way to 
to make it work through relationships and influencing. Um, so I didn't have strategy and I didn't have command. And so honestly, the first time I took Clifton Shranks, I was like, oh, great. Now they're not going to let me do my job anymore because, you know what I mean? I just smile in the corner all the time. <laughs> and so, um, but you, you know, you find a way through your strategy or your activator, you know, you're going to find a way to get the job done. And so I think that's the cool thing about Clifton Shranks. Yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, one last thing that, well, I guess we could do as many as we want to, but one of the things that um, I thought would be fun, especially with you being the person who makes the choice to be positive, um, I have this, this fun deck of cards that's just kind of conversation builders. Um, and we're going to draw one out and see where it takes us. Oh, boy. So I'm just going to. Pulling off the top here. And how fitting. Brag to me about the best things going on in the past 30 days. Uh, I, I, I'm ready. Are you ready? Or do you need a minute? <laughs> uh, you go first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the past. Well, first of all, m my birthday was in the past 30 days. So that was a lot of fun. Um. We are into spring, right? We're getting out of cold weather. We've had a couple of uh, days that were 70s and 80s. Um, I went to Arizona and visited my mama, and we went to a spring training baseball game. Um, so I got to see the Rockies lose to the White Sox, but um, our seats were amazing. I could speak to Charlie Blackman in right field. Wow. So that was, yeah, it was awesome. Um, and actually, we were like right next to the bullpen. Um, so whenever there was like a wild pitch, like it hit the fence and it would scare me. Um, but it was awesome. And, um, let's see, I get, I mean, the, I love my job. You know, I get to coach people and, um, help teams fulfill their engagement and their potential. Um, yeah, lots. I mean, no stopping. Kiddos are enjoying the spring weather. My son learned how to ride his bike. That's been a bone of contention for many, many, many years for us. But now he's out there killing it. Um, our middle son is in karate. I think I've shared with you. Um, um, he's got his camo belt. So he's starting to spar. And that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got, um, McKenna is wrapping up the year for, for dance. And so, um, we've got recitals coming up and so she's been sneaking into my makeup and, um, <laughs> coming out of the bathroom, uh, looking, looking fresh, uh, in some way. And then I'll say, are you getting into my makeup? And of course she'll say no, but it, evidence is written right there on her face, but <laughs> so much wonderful stuff. And, uh, like next week's already going to be May. Yeah. Well, I don't what know about that, you. I don't know that, you know, the first four months of the year going by is necessarily something to brag about because I feel like time can just slow down a little bit. But um, yeah, you for, feel, I feel like January is like 73 days long and then you blink and all of a sudden, sudden it's summer. I feel like it's 73 days long and then you blink and it's September. Oh, yeah. But it's going to be camping season soon. Camping, camping to you means something different than camping to me. 
that's very true. It does. Um, I think I would be okay with your type of camping without the kids, like tracking so much dirt in and out of my tent. But the, that necessity means I need a, a camper with like electricity and yeah. running water. No. So for me in the past 30 days, um, man, it, 30 days, I guess it's just the month of April. Um, you know, we had, we had, uh, Easter in there. We went to see my parents over Easter. We got to do some fishing. Uh, kids enjoyed that. Uh, we had our, um, family day for our national guard unit. That was a lot of fun. Kids, kids really enjoyed that. I mean, there were inflatables and bowling and they got to swim in the hotel pool and stuff like that. So they were exhausted and um, that was a lot of fun for them. Um, you know, Braden's in, well, Braden and I are, are both doing um, martial arts together. He wanted to do it. So I did it with him and we'll test next week. Um, but one of the upper grades or upper belts um, has sparring for, for his exam. So we got to spar last week and, uh, it was a lot of fun. Braden squared up against me and I told him to fight hard and he, I mean, he obviously didn't win, but oh dear. <laughs> it was, it was fun to see, um, he actually, you know, using his moves and things like that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, we started, uh, I don't know if this is the best thing. It's exciting. It's different. Um, we started um, some home remodeling here two weeks ago. No, last week. It's been ten days. Man, this is. Uh, it's been a it's been a whirlwind. And mm. if you've ever done that, um, you realize that spec houses are not necessarily built with quality in mind. Quick. Yeah, and. Uh, that makes it a little challenging for do-it-yourself home improvers because there's some crazy things that that we're fixing in this house now. Um, so, but we're adapting, and you know, and I I really enjoy the again that strategy piece of it, being able to see what is and and um, what could be out of it, and how do we get there, and, and things like that. Uh, a big thing that. Uh, uh, a couple months ago, we got the kids um, compound bows because you can Ooh. see the arrows behind me and some yeah. bows over there and stuff like that. The kids, kids each got their own, um, and there's there's little I don't know what kind of blackbirds they are. They're the big nasty ones, the green heads. But um, Braden almost shot one of those with his bow, and he was super excited about that. So now we've been just waiting for one to come back and. Well, we've, we've got well, now a whole, they learned their lesson. They're not coming back. <laughs> we have to build a, a hunting blind on the deck so that he can he can get out there. But you know that was that was really fun and just being able to you know see getting excited about some other things and baby's finally starting to sleep a little better. That's a that's a best thing. That's a huge one. So it's. You know, it's it's a it's funny that that's the card that was randomly drawn out of this deck because it, I mean, it fit in perfectly with 
you know, you had to make the active choice to, okay, there were plenty of bad things that happened in the last 30 days, but we had to actively focus on the positive ones. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the more you do that, it's like, you know, the practice of gratitude and the more that you just look for the good, the easier it becomes. It's like that confirmation bias. You know what I mean? Sure, it's, sure. You know, when you are looking for a blessing, you'll find one. If you're looking for a reason to complain, you'll find one, you know, so. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, you know, and another thing that, especially when it comes to self-awareness, um, I've said, you know, is the journaling is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. But man, what if, what if it was, you know, had a, whiteboard or I mean even we use um their special glass um dry erase markers or whatever on our patio door you know things we're thankful for or whatever make a list of that every day I mean how much how much more easy is it going to be to see those things excuse me in life than than all the negatives you know you come home like oh work sucked today you know this and this and this Mm -hmm. instead like okay before we talk about work today, let's go up to the, you know, window and write what's the, what are the best things that's happened today so far? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that is something I try to do with my kids. When we sit down for family dinner, I'll, I'll ask like, um, you know, what, what were your three favorite things that happened today? And, you know, I mean, sometimes we get silly, but that's fine. You know, I mean, laughter's good too. And, um, and a lot of the times it's the same thing, right? Recess or cereal or whatever it is. But, um, you know, just getting in that, getting in the habit of, you know, what was good? What made you smile? What made you laugh? You know, what was your favorite? Um, instead of, you know, exactly what you said, because, because there's a lot of reasons we can complain, you know, there's a lot of reasons we can be down and gloomy, but choose, choose joy. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think for today, we'll, we'll leave it with that and come back. I don't want to get a sideways card here and get us off track. I think it, I think that put a nice bow on it for today. Um, you know, I thank you for, for joining me, Cindy. Um, this was just a lot of fun and, um, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Um, we'll play, we'll play guitars. We'll do a, we'll get better and, uh, yeah do a song. We'll, we'll write a song together and about positivity or something like that. <laughs> yeah. and you can, you can do the lyrics. I'll just sing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that will be a talent that I will pass on, but um, <laughs> I mean, it'd be fun to, to mess around for sure. Sure. Well, thank you again. And thank you guys for joining us. Uh, go ahead and like and share and, and comment and all that good stuff. Um, let us know these are meaningful and impactful to you. Um, go ahead and share with people, get the word out. Um, the more people that we can build relationship with and, you know, bring into this community and, and share stories with the better this is going to be and the better we're all going to be for it. So, um, again, thank you for joining us and have a great day.